Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser, and I'm here to tell you, folks, I was wrong. I was wrong. For the first time this season, I was wrong about who was going to win this game today, and I could not be more happy to tell you how wrong I was. Not only was I wrong, this is the first time this year that I have incorrectly picked a Seahawks game. I picked the Chargers to win this game. Uh, but this morning, I was feeling worse and worse. I was like, man, are we going to get blown out? Are we like in real trouble in this game? Like, I just had bad juju feelings about this game. And even when the Seahawks were ahead 17 to nothing, and then the Chargers came back, I still was like, they're going to lose this game. I, so I'm telling you up front, I had this game all wrong. I had it wrong before. I had it wrong right before. I had it wrong during. And it feels fantastic to be so wrong, so wrong about your first place Seattle Seahawks. I mean, where do we even start? Uh, with this team, 
I have to send out a quick tweet is where we have to start. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, we are going to talk about all of it. I'm so happy to see you all here. We're going to have a great show today. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate you being patient as I'm a one-man crew. Uh, so, man, I, I could go so many places. And to me, the first thing, because I'm a petty little bitch, the first thing I go to is, oh, my God, the 49ers. Oh, my God. How just scrumptious is it that they got their ass handed to them after <laughs> after trading their future for a running back? And the Seahawks, just to just emphasize the poetry of the justice there, were led by who may be the offensive rookie of the year in Kenneth Walker and bring it on folks. I, I already see it in the chat. Please. Yes. You know, remind me about how I hated the Seahawks taking a running back with the second, uh, one of their second round picks, bring it on gloat. I love it. I feel it. It's great. And you know what? I mean, Kenneth Walker looks like a star. Kenneth Walker looks like a guy that, we're going to be really fortunate to have on this team for a long time. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm being told to eat it. I will eat it. I will gladly eat it. I, I can't, unlike, you know, Hugh Millen, I didn't promise to eat the microphone if Russell Wilson turned out to be a good player. I did not promise any such things. And in fact, I was always hoping Kenneth Walker. I actually never said I thought Kenneth Walker was going to be a bad player. I had issues with using this second uh, a second round pick on a running back water under the bridge he is a seahawk now i want nothing but great things for him and man did he bring great things today so kenneth walker was unreal in this game uh really icing it at the end um was amazing uh, with <laughs> another another 70 plus yard run i mean 74 yards to clinch it this guy his first touchdown of his career very fittingly was a 69 yard touchdown run in new orleans uh and he's done these at the end of games i mean the guy the guy's got a knack so you know just a fantastic performance today and he he ran the ball outside he ran the ball inside he ran through contact he ran around contact. He blocked well when he was asked to out of the backfield. What more do you want? He protected the ball well. It was just an all-around fantastic performance. And I am certainly not going to dance on anybody getting hurt ever. But if you hadn't heard, his number one competition for our offensive rookie of the year, uh, the running back in, in New York, uh, the Jets, Hall, is likely out for the year with an injury. So, you know, I hope that's not true. I hope he comes back. I'd love to see him, you know, battle with 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 Kenneth the rest of the way. But I don't know, guys. You know, I think I think there's a decent shot Kenneth Walker as long as he stays on the field is going to have a real good shot at that at that award. Not only that, 
but you know, you had another great game from your rookies on defense. I think Tariq Woolen did not have his pick. Sad to see the streak broken there, but he was fantastic today in coverage. I mean, there was a touchdown that the Chargers got in the first half, I believe, where it was third and eight or something like that. And, and uh, Tariq got his hand on the ball and a pass to Mike Williams. And then Mike Williams was hit by, I want to say, Kobe Bryant or Ryan Neal. I can't remember who it was that hit him. And Williams came down with conversion and Chargers went on to score. But, I mean, yes, it would have been great to see Tariq knock the ball down or pick it off. But he he hit the ball. You know, he was right there. He was right there throughout the day. He had another pass breakup, which was beautiful. Uh, you know, on the, going from uh, right to left, he was he was on the bottom of the screen, made a great play, almost, and uh, came so close to Kobe Bryant getting his pick in the end zone. Unfortunately, Chenna Nuosu was a little bit offsides, lose that, give up a score that I wish they wouldn't have given up because thirty-seven sixteen sounded pretty damn good, and this defense. Gave up so many points to start this year that they are they're not looking to give up any freebies, you know, and they don't care end of the day about where they rank on this and that and the other. But man, you know, it's it's just great to see this defense turning into a good defense. This this was not like a mediocre performance or something that they just held on time after time after time they held the chargers the chargers had no answer for them yes at first half there was a brief period where they got a couple scores and one of them was off of a fumble so it was a short field right excuse me but um you know this is a team that has been pretty good on offense in a number of places and the seahawks really shut them down they got the touchdown at the very end of the game but otherwise 16 points really they were five for 15 on third downs they were one for three on fourth downs you put that together that's six for 18 on third and fourth down conversions they held the chargers to 329 yards and that was that's misleading because this was down in the 220 yard range uh, before that last drive where the chargers were able to take it down uh they held the chargers to 4.8 yards per play 4.8 yards per play that that is fantastic defense uh i'll just take a a quick look i'm pretty sure that would lead the league uh gonna do a quick look opponent yards per play nfl leaders uh yes defensively the 49ers lead the league at 4.2 yards per play. I have a feeling that's going to change. I have a feeling that's going to change. Anyway, 4.5 is Denver. 4.6 is Dallas. So you're talking about top three in the NFL. Seahawks were 4.8 against the Chargers, and a lot of that came late. So you're talking low fours, really, against this team. Passing. Holy crap. The pass defense, folks, is becoming legit. It's becoming legit. Not just because, not just because uh, you've got 
a great um, secondary or a young secondary that's developing. By the way, Mike Jackson, great game today. He should have had a pick or two in this game. Ryan Neal had a fantastic game. We'll look up his numbers in a bit. He was everywhere today. Uh, but you're also getting you are also getting pass pressure. All of a sudden, the Seahawks are creating pressure from their defensive line and from their front seven. Uh, just looking really quickly, there were eight quarterback hits today for the Seahawks and three sacks, including the second straight strip sack for Daryl Taylor in two weeks, his third strip sack of the season. Daryl Taylor is warming up a little bit, although he, he didn't play that much. Bruce Irvin, in his first game, he put placed pressure on the quarterback. He was a playmaker at, at times. He he gave, made his presence felt. Uh, Uchenna Nuosu, again, was a, a big factor. He got a lot of rest. I think we saw Boye Mafe play well against the run. Uh, Shelby Harris was like Bill Russell. RIP to Bill Russell, swatting down passes left and right. I, there was just a different Seahawk team on defense here these last two weeks. And last week you can say, yeah, it's the, it's the Cardinals. Cardinals are shit. Cardinals offense is crap. crap. They were missing DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Cardinals looked better a few days later, right? But forget it. Then you got the Chargers, who looked like crap last week, but came into this game as a top 15 DVOA offense. And Justin Herbert is considered one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. This is easily the best quarterback that they've faced this year. And... Ooh... He ends up with not a lot of good things to look at. Passer rating of 84.9. He ends up with 293 yards passing, which sounds like big. It took him 51 passes to get to 293, which is 5.7 yards per attempt. That is atrocious. That is the last thing you want to see as a passer. He was picked off. He should have been picked off multiple times. And we could keep going on on this. Like Austin Eckler, that guy should be an absolute perfect weapon against the Seahawks defense. Tough to tackle. Great inside, great outside, great receiver, great screen player. Gerald Everett should be great against this defense. Really good screen player. Tough to bring down. Austin Eckler today... Nine carries for 31 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. He did have 12 receptions for 96 yards, but I mean, I'm going to look from a rushing perspective. That has got to be one of the lower output games of the year for Austin Eckler. So, well, <laughs> he had 36 yards last week, but you know, this guy had 173 yards rushing two weeks ago against Cleveland. So great to see, great to see that. Gerald Everett, who I really thought was going to be trouble for the Seahawks this game, he had five catches for 63 yards. 
most of that came on one catch for 24 yards. And Seahawks contained him. Keenan Allen came back this week. That was a concern. Keenan Allen was going to be back. He did not play the second half, but he ended up with two catches for 11 yards. Mike Williams, big, big play receiver. Had seven catches for 86 yards, but was largely contained by the Seahawks secondary. So I think you've got to feel good. Um, oh, we've got news coming in. Um, okay, it looks like there's there's some people trying to – never mind. It's not confirmed yet. We're trying to get news on DK. We will share it with you as soon as we get it. Uh, that's obviously – the big deal that we all want to pay attention to. Um, but, uh, wow. Wow. I mean, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic performance by the Seahawks defense. And I got a question for you all. Like, do you believe what what do you what do you want to see from this team? Do you believe in this Seahawks team? Do you believe this Seahawks team that is in first place all alone in first place in the NFC West? Do you believe that they can win this thing? That they can win the division? And if not, tell me why not. I mean, you have the best quarterback in the division. That's been true all year long, and nothing has changed. <clears throat> this was a this was a pivot game for Geno Smith. He started off the season red hot, cooled off, had some some downtime. Then it's starting against Atlanta, and then Detroit, and then New Orleans. Three just spectacular games. Games that. I think you'll have trouble finding any three games in a row for another quarterback this year that will be as efficient as those games. Not saying they'll be the best three-game span of any quarterback this year, but I'll put them up there against it. They were as efficient as you can get. Then against the Cardinals, it was okay. It was a step back. He missed some reads. He gave up some pressures he shouldn't have. He held the ball too long. And now, you know, that was also a moment where we're looking at a team starting to adjust. Defense is starting to adjust. They bracketed. They bracketed Tyler and DK last week, taking away his favorite targets. Were they going to be able to adjust? Were they going to be able to find success? And this game starts off okay pretty good and then forces it in there a little bit i for my money that was pass interference it's pretty clear the defensive back had the back of tyler's jersey and completely turned him around that's a pass interference guarantee if the seahawks are on defense that's a pass interference in any event it gets tipped up turns it into an interception rough start defense holds Defense holds on fourth and like an inch. Amazing. Then from there, Gino, Gino turns into Gino. He just starts dealing down the field. 
And somehow he turns Marquise Goodwin into a two touchdown fade running touchdown catching receiver. And this is without DK in the second half. I mean, DK, DK Metcalf had one catch for 12 yards and two targets. So he didn't have DK in this game and he was able to find a way like this is what great quarterbacks do. I'm not saying that Gino is yet a great quarterback, but what do great quarterbacks do? You can put any receivers you want generally in there and they're going to find a way to move the, the ball because they're going to put it in places that the receivers can make the catch. They're going to find open guys. They're going to put people in the right play and the right protections. And those were two fabulous throws to Marquise Goodwin, who looked fast as hell today. That was great. We know he's fast, but it was great. I did not know he could leap like that. You know, he looked like a he looked like a solid player, a solid, solid option for Seattle. Will Disley again, Uncle Will, four catches, four targets, forty five yards, clutch. Tyler Lockett, seven catches and eight targets. Only 45 yards, but some of those catches were just absolutely clutch. So I thought this was a game where Gino, I mean, how can you not love the sequence when it looked like, <laughs> looked like the Seahawks had a first down. They called a false start on Austin Blythe, which was the absolute most ludicrous call. It was absolute horseshit. Then they pull Phil Haynes out. Turned out to be for right reason. He had a concussion, but still at the time it was like that happens. Then they don't bump the play clock or don't inform Gino that they're going to run it. And so they have to spend a timeout, and Gino is livid. Third and ten, third and long. Big moment in the game. And Gino just lasers it in there for a first down. I mean, that's a huge play. And he turns to the Chargers' sideline, and he lets them know it. Okay, first update on DK Metcalf. Uh, they're going to have to wait and see on DK Metcalf. The x-ray showed nothing, which means it's not a break. They're going to get an MRI tomorrow. So, you know, they're being careful. Um, hopefully, oh, hopefully we get good news, folks. Let's hope we get good news. DK, that was a, that was, we all, everyone, I think we all thought he was going to the bathroom, right? Because he was smiling on the cart. He was like, eh, I'm fine. He was waving guys off. No big deal. And we find out that he's he's out for the game with a knee injury. Oh, my God. That sucked. So let's hope. Let's hope it was just precaution. Let's hope that the MRI is negative or maybe it's just a minor sprain i i want to watch dk continue to play this season for sure we all do and we'll see now there are going to be some of you some of us i should say that are going to maybe get really excited about this team and are gonna say we should start looking to buy at the trade deadline 
we should go trade picks or players to get players this year. I'm telling you right now, I am not on board with that. No matter what happens this season, whether they do well or they don't do well, you do not trade any draft capital out of next year's draft. Other than like, if you're talking a seventh rounder or a sixth rounder, fine, fine. We've seen some decent players get traded for that. So it's not out of the question, but I don't want to hear anything about go get Roquan Smith for a, you know, a first rounder or a second rounder. Go get Brian Burns for a couple of firsts. Uh, <laughs> no, no. We're going to roll with this team. We're going to see how they can grow together. And we are going to have four picks in the top 50 of the draft next year. And we're going to make this team that much better. And we are going to look at a 49ers roster that is stacked defensively, but is hampered offensively by an awful quarterback. At the best, he's a mediocre quarterback. But again, he had one of those plays where he throws it up in the end zone for an interception. You can trade for Jim Brown. You can have Adrian Peterson in his prime. You got a trigger man at quarterback that turns the ball over at least once a game and can't make the play in the clutch and can't make the play when the running game gets stuffed, which by the way, when you start getting into the playoffs and you start getting against really good defenses and they've seen your schemes, it is hard to run the ball effectively. 49ers have a ceiling and I think it's a lot lower than what they think. The Rams, we're going to see about the Rams. We're going to see about the Rams. I don't believe in the Rams, you know, and they're not ascending. <laughs> they're not getting better. They're getting worse. So, and then the, the Cardinals, you got call of duty guy there at quarterback who you want him leading your team. I mean, that guy, again, they're stuck with him. They can't go anywhere. So now the worst thing the Seahawks could do would be to get over their skis on this season instead of just embracing the fact that this team is way better than anybody could have hoped. They will say differently, but realistically, this team is better than anyone could have hoped. The, the rookies are emerging so much faster. Pete even admitted that. Then you add to it next year. You press on the freaking gas. And you get four additional players and you load up more on defense. That's what you do next year. So don't trade anything for a short-term fix for this year for a guy that has one or two or three years left on his contract. I don't want to see it. So, so let's take the advantage the Seahawks have been given. The hand they've been dealt is a friggin' straight flush, folks. The Seahawks have been dealt. The River gave them a straight flush. Every other team in the division looks like it may be in dire straits for years to come in terms of how much better they can get. In fact, I think you can argue most of them will get worse. The Seahawks have the draft capital, the cap space, and the best rookie class might turn out to be the best rookie class in franchise history. It may be better than that 2012 class. We're going to find out.
can argue that all we want. That's a fun argument to be have, having. I love having that argument. So you've got a Seahawks team that is in great position. Part of the reason they're in great position is when I'm talking about straight flush, it's not just the things that have gone on for the Seahawks, and it's not just the things that have gone on for the teams in the division. You are... You are talking about a Broncos team that is two and five right now. They lost to the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets at home today. They are looking like a team that could bring you a top five pick. Top seven seems pretty likely at this point. It is possible. It is likely even maybe at this point in the season. Russell Wilson has a torn hamstring. Now, all pulls are tears and whatever, so maybe that's being dramatic, but he did miss the game. Seems like there's a decent chance he'll miss more than just this game. And now the Broncos have to look at this and say, they may they may be bad. They may need to recoup some draft picks. People thinking that the reason the Broncos would sell is to tank. That's not what it's about. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that the Broncos have such little draft capital because they gave so much of it up to the Seahawks. So if they can trade a Chubb or they can trade uh, a Judy or, or one of their other players, and get a second round pick or a first round pick, which seems unlikely, but let's say they can do that. They have to think about that right now. They absolutely do. If you're a responsible franchise and the more that they have to think about that, the worse that that team's going to be this year, the farther down it's going to go. If <laughs> I mean, you could not have asked for better than what the Seahawks have had to this point in the season. Yes, you could say the Seahawks realistically should be like six and one. There's a lot of reasons to say the Seahawks should have a much better record than they do. They don't. Still, they're four and three. They may have seen the worst of their defenses performances to start the year. They have improved every week since the Falcons. The Falcons was the nadir. That was the low point for the defense, believe it or not. They actually did improve against the Lions. I talked about it to all of you. I saw improvement. DVOA saw the same thing. They improved again against the Saints. Yes, I know the numbers were ugly. People forget the friggin' special teams was a huge part of what happened in Detroit and against the Saints. The last... This, this game is the first time maybe all season that the friggin' special teams did not blow it. In fact, give some kudos to Jason Myers. I can do that because Evan's not here, but Jason Myers today, three for three. He has been on fire from a field goal perspective, on fire from extra points. That 50-yarder he got. And then looking to the Chargers sideline like he wanted some smoke. I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, so this is a defense that is now they improved dramatically last week. I think the numbers are 
going to potentially show that they improved again this week. And even if DBA doesn't agree, I mean, from a quality of opponent standpoint, from being on the road, from how they held this team to 16 points until pretty much the very end, huge, huge, huge improvement. So now, you know, if you look at the Seahawks and you look at what's coming up for them, you've got the New York Giants at home. Giants barely held on against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they got a flashy record. Great. Bring it on. Giants are coming to town next week. Then you go to Arizona. Okay. Then you go to Germany to play Tampa Bay, who got their asses handed to them by P.J. Walker and Carolina. Then you come home after a bye week. And you get the Raiders, who have been awful. Then you go at the Rams. We'll see. Then you're home against Carolina, home against the 49ers in prime time. And then at Kansas City. So, like, honestly, there's not a game in that list until you get to San Francisco and Kansas City where it's like, is this uh, is this going to be a game the Seahawks can really win? Like, I believe they're going to – I think they're going to beat the 49ers next time. I am the only person probably here that thinks that the Seahawks played as bad as they could play and still had a chance to be in that game in San Francisco. Like, they held the 49ers off and scoreless in the second half until the very, very, very end. The Seahawks offense scored zero points in that game. They could just they couldn't get out of their own way. DJ Dallas. I mean, can we talk for a second about that? Like, again, don't play your receivers as running backs. D. Eskridge today, that fumble was awful. I hated it. I don't know why when you've got Ken Walker and DJ Dallas that you're trying to D. Eskridge at running back. I'm not interested in getting cute. The same way that I don't want to see DJ Dallas used as a quarterback. In that San Francisco game. Stop being cute. Just like you've got the team to line up, beat people straight up. So uh, I, I have no problems with them lining up DS Gridge in the backfield from a personnel standpoint to give teams a different look and something they have to prepare for. But do not, like, let's not run him in that. Like the guy... Looked like he was going to get a concussion again today after that fumble. I, I just don't, I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's his deal in the NFL. Like, I, I don't want to see much, much of that from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Seahawks have won three of four now. They definitely should have won in New Orleans. I mean, they absolutely should have won that game, but they didn't. And we're going to see with the Giants. I mean, nothing better than a cocky East Coast New York football team coming into Seattle thinking that they're just going to roll over the Seahawks. And it's, by the way, week 
second week in a row for Geno Smith revenge. Goes back into LA, beats his old team, the Chargers. Next week, he gets to have a chance to beat his old team, the Giants, the last team that had him start a game. I think if you don't think that matters to Gino, you're wrong. It matters. So, by the way, if anyone's curious, uh, Uchenna Nwosu came in after that, that leg injury, and it turns out that was just a cramp. So, so nothing too bad there. A couple concussions. Uh, hopefully none of those are too bad. Um, but otherwise, okay in that regard. So I love the way I, but speaking of DJ Dallas, since I said bad things, I was mainly saying about how they used him, not about him in particular. Uh, that was back in the 49er game. I thought he ran the ball well today. He iced it with his game, his, his run to get the first down ran hard. I feel like they've been reluctant to use him and I don't exactly know why. I think he's a totally fine rotational running back. So, for whatever reason, they they have not have not used him a lot. But you know, between everybody carrying the ball, the Seahawks carry the ball thirty four times for two hundred and fourteen yards today. Two hundred and fourteen yards. And. As I look at the defensive numbers, I mean, we have to talk about Ryan Neal. Have to. Um, I'm looking here to see if I can get more details because they don't show everything I want to see. Here we go. Holy shit. Ryan Neal had seven tackles, six of them solo, which is crazy. That's amazing for a safety. He has an interception which was fantastic, a great pick. And he has four passes defensed. Four. I'm going to look it up later tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a season high for any player in the NFL. Like, having two passes defensed in a game is pretty good. Three is really good. Uh, so, I am... I have to say that's got to be the best game of his career and we'll see what everyone else, I don't know what other numbers are happening in the NFL, but that has to be in, at least nominated for defense player of the week. Um, so, now we've got a situation where Ryan Neal has been a big improvement. And somewhere out there, Josh Cashman is smiling. Cable Thanos. Because he was he was on it with, with Josh Jones playing poorly. He's like, where's Ryan Neal? Where's Ryan Neal? And we were all like, yeah, I don't know. Ryan Neal will be back when he's going to be back. And Ryan Neal won't be the reason this defense, like, he's not going to be the difference. You could say Ryan Neal's been a pretty big difference uh, so far. This was this was a fantastic game for him, and probably the best game out of a safety for the Seahawks in a while. Um, Kobe Bryant had a decent game again today. 
we talked about Mike Jackson. I think this was Mike Jackson's best game. Would have loved to have seen him come down at least one of those picks. He was right there. I think Nuosu, again, had a really good game. Talked about Daryl Taylor. We talked about Bruce Irvin actually having an impact on this game in his first week. I thought he played well. Shelby Harris, Quentin Jefferson had a sack, had a tackle for loss. Tariq played well. Al Woods had the stuff on that fourth down early. He had a sack himself. You know, if I'm being picky, if I'm being picky, I'd pick on Cody Barton. Thought Cody Barton once again has like a Madden score of zero for awareness. So a couple plays where guys are just running into the end zone and his backs to them. Ugh. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pick on somebody when the defense played as well as it played in this game. And another player on offense that we haven't mentioned, I thought the, the, the tight end, they had to go to more tight ends when DK went out. And Will Disley, we already said, had a good game. Colby Parkinson. I would have liked to seen Colby cut that in. He's going against a smaller guy instead of running for the boundary, like turn it in, try to like try to take that guy on or get past him. Colby's a guy that's fast enough. He could have housed that if he could have just gotten by that defender, but still 28 yard catch was, was beautiful. So all that was fantastic. Um, man, Seahawks had nine passes defense today. That's ins that's outstanding. A lot of those were batted balls. Ugh, really, really impressive. So um, let's go ahead and if if you have any questions, I will take a couple of questions. Um, please, if you haven't already, give the show a like. I got my wife wondering how long I'm going to be on the pod. Appreciate you all uh, <laughs> at least giving us a thumbs up. Click uh, subscribe. Click the bell to get notified when we go live. And go over to patreon.com slash hawk blogger join the show guys get immediate access to our slack channel you get to ask us questions that we answer every week on wednesday on the pod it's an awesome awesome community really friendly folks it's like twitter except without the jerks and you talk about seahawks and mariners and other stuff in between the games you know so it's a it's a really really nice community and we donate all our proceeds to charity so uh Love to see you join patreon.com slash hawk blogger and give the show a like we'll also love some five-star ratings wherever you listen to podcasts would really appreciate that as well. Um, okay. So GMC asked time to extend Gino or wait. I mean, now is the, the, the cheapest you're probably going to get Gino unless he regressed us. But I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. It depends on it depends on what you're able to talk to get him for. I still think that I would not go longer than a three year deal for Gino. And I don't know if Gino's gonna want to do that. He might want to play things out. But you got the franchise tag you can use and people can laugh about that. You're gonna use franchise tag Gino. Yeah, if you need to. So I think that I think there's every chance that they could 
could could franchise Gino if they need to do that to make sure that they can force him to the table or to keep him for one more year if they choose to do that. So I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, Michael Mathis, thank you for the contribution and his question. Do we see more out of Dariq Young if DK is out a while? That's a great question. We saw Dariq actually playing in this game. Not a ton, but he got in there. And he was used early in the year and then hasn't seen the field since. So, yes, short answer is yes. I do think we'll see more Derek Young. I think he brings some interesting things. The guy's a, a, actually a natural runner and a strong player, good blocker. So could be another part of making this draft class amazing. Um, I hope we don't see him. No offense. I really hope DK is just fine, but um, that's my expectation. Uh, let's see. Trey Brown coming back. So at this point, Trey Brown's at least a few weeks away. Don't know when that's going to happen. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with LJ Collier, who they really have to decide if they're going to bring back. He had a thumb injury. I don't know where he slides in. Who do you want him to to put on the the bench? I, I don't think that highly of LJ Collier. So, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen there. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, look and see here. I mean, folks, this is unreal. <laughs> it is unreal to look up and see I mean let's look at the let's look at the uh let's look at the standings in general right now let's look at the playoff standings. so yes the Seahawks obviously are in the playoffs when they're in the first place in their division but from there I mean you got the Cowboys that are five and two the Giants are six and one you're about to play them and then no one above three and three. The, the the Rams are three and three, but everyone else is three and four, two and five. Like you've got one, two, three, four, five teams that are three and four in the NFC. And so, I mean, the Seahawks. I I think that their their playoff odds are decent right now i mean i think at least 50 50 is is fair to say um so i mean <laughs> and wow that uh nfc south is rough nfc south right now you've got two teams at three and four at the top of the division and two teams at two and five yikes that is a pillow fight so Green Bay Packers look like ass. They lost today to the Washington Commanders. Cowboys were barely beating the Lions. It was 10-6. Couple stupid plays at the end of that game made it seem like a bigger win, but Cowboys have a great defense. Some potential on offense, but a little questionable there. You got the Eagles that are undefeated. They're playing really well. But, like, 
I understand to some extent why the 49ers did what they did because the NFC looks so bad that if you have the best defense in football, which the 49ers look like they did, go for it. This could be a, as easy a year to walk into a Super Bowl as any year there's ever been in the NFC. So <laughs> I get what the 49ers are thinking, but man, if it doesn't work and it looks like it might not work, like the only thing that matters is winning the ring. Even if they manage to get to the Super Bowl, losing but having given up all they did is still catastrophic so <laughs> i think that they're gonna have to beat the chiefs which they were nowhere near being able to do today they would have to beat the bills who beat the chiefs i don't think they're gonna do that yeah i i don't know uh a fun problem to have. It's going to be interesting to watch. So I'm seeing some folks say in the chat that the NFC West is tough as balls still. I disagree. As excited as I am about the Seahawks, we've seen how flawed this team has been. This is still not that talented of a defense in the front seven. They're, they're through like some scheme changes. They're getting more out of it. But, I mean, this is not a defense I'd put up against the 49ers defense, which is really good. But their offense has been awful and, and, and been really hampered. The Rams have been bad. So, yes. Are there quality players? Are there talented teams in the NFC West? Yes. Would I pick any team in the NFC West to win in a matchup against the bills or the chiefs or even be really competitive with either of those teams. No, I would not. So what I will say is thank you for tuning in your first place, Seattle Seahawks. They got their running back. They got their running back by doing it the old fashioned way. They just spent one draft pick on him. And he looks twice as good as the guy the 49ers just traded what's the equivalent of the fourth overall pick in the draft. It is a good time to be a Seahawks fan. This is a team that's building. This is a big, big, big win today. It puts the Seahawks into the driver's seat. Who would have thought the Seahawks are in the driver's seat for what happens in the division right now. And there's every reason to believe the Seahawks could go on a nice little run here. So please, if you haven't already, give the show a like. Thank you again for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel. Go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Join up, become a patron, get immediate access to the Slack channel, have the conversation there. I will likely try to get on later tonight and do some Hawk Blogger Sunday night stats. But until then, pick it. Go Hawks. Seahawks country, let's ride. K9, dog pound. I don't know. Whatever you want, maybe. It was a fun day. Fun day to be a Seahawks fan. Happy to be here with all of you. 